0: FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight,
1: Jeff Shannon. And good morning. Welcome to Summer County Spotlight, your host, Jeff Shannon, for another great weekend of great information. And it's going to be kind of a musical start here to the show today. And I found, I always call them young fellers, <laughs> this young feller out uh, on YouTube. It's just crazy how I, you come across artists that just they pop up in your feed and you go, what, what's that? And you click on it. And I got to tell you, he was so unique. And I was looking off from the screen and I heard him singing and I, I had to turn around and say, wait a minute, What? <laughs> And so I found Glenn Templeton right here. Glenn has been doing this for quite some time. You got you got to tell us how all this got started, how long you've been doing this and
2: Man, well first of all, thank you for having me on your show this Absolutely. morning. Absolutely. This is a it's it's an honor to be back in here and after, you know, the success that we've had and the the time that we've spent to get to this point in in my career. It's it's great to be here with you. Now, you know what? I need 10 million more people to see exactly what you just said. Okay. This is just so unique. I'll make but, it you know, happen. <laughs> but you know, my my career started out. I'm just from a little small town right outside of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I've been here about 22 years living in Nashville.
1: So one thing you have to tell, teach people how to say Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. See, that's how you say it.
2: And that's the uh, the only way to say it. I mean, you know when people ain't from Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. (laughs) I mean, when they say Alabama... I know they're not from there. You yeah, know? Our, good,
1: our good friends William Lee Golden here with the Oak Ridge Boys. He's been in here several times, and he's got he's still got the family farm down there. And you hear him say Alabama. He's <laughs> yeah. got that low voice, and, I'm and Alabama.
2: And and he's he's from there. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean Alabama. So I just grew up there in a little small <laughs> yeah. town right outside of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And the population, you know, in my little town was probably about fifty people. And I always say, well, it's about forty nine now because <laughs> nobody really moves to where I came from. Right. They always move away from there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I started playing in little like open mic nights and things like that because my dad, when he returned from Vietnam, he was singing in gospel quartets and then he moved from gospel quartets to like nightclubs. And he was kind of our hometown celebrity, hometown hero kind of guy. And you know, what young man doesn't want to follow in his dad's footsteps? Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes, when I would see my dad go into somewhere, and the type of response he would get, and he'd just kind of light the room up. I didn't know what that thing was, Mm -hmm. but I knew he had it, and somewhere along the way, I was like, I adopted that. I just felt like, man, I just feel like I feel great around other people in a room with people, and so he was singing in nightclubs, and it moved from singing in gospel quartets to VFWs and American Legions, Mm -hmm. and he kind of got to be the, you know, he was kind of a celebrity down in the southeast, and then he put out a couple of songs on the radio and started playing in Texas a bunch, and just all across the southern states mm-hmm. the first time I ever really got up and sang and really felt like because I'd always sing with the radio and felt oh, like I was yeah. really good you sound you know, good singing I, with man, the radio I can <laughs> sing with the radio you know and whatever notes I can't hit on the radio I'll just let them have that one you know if I, <laughs> they can have that for me singing with the radio and it always felt really good to sing and I remember getting up on the stage with him the first time I'd ever had a microphone in front of my face and he was like you want to sing one You know, and I was like yeah and I was you know kind of I was I was nervous you know really nervous because my dad was an inspiration to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and especially to me when it came to singing and so I stood up on the stage and he said well what do you want to sing and you know I want to sing the fireman you know and that was the very first song that I actually sang live in front of anybody outside of church yeah always singing you know in in the in the choir in church and to sing that and have his band play it
1: and how old were you that time
2: I was 21 years old when I actually sang in front of him now I was getting into the clubs and stuff yeah. a little bit earlier than that, mm-hmm. but I i never really stood behind a microphone and sang until I was twenty one years old. Wow. I'd always just <laughs> sang to people and play my guitar, you know, I started playing guitar when I was about fourteen years old. And I would just pick a couple of chords and try to write a few songs and, you know, learn stuff from my heroes. And my heroes were those of, of my daddy's heroes, like Merle Haggard and George Jones and and Conway and mm-hmm. you know, Waylon Jennings and just the the old classic country. Those were his heroes, and they became my heroes of country mm-hmm. music as well. And so I'd learn to play and sing off of those, and the first time I got to stand behind the microphone and sing, and I never will forget, you know, I started out, I was like, well, they call me the fire. And my daddy was like, whoa! I mean, like you could just hear the whole band just went Say, nuts. where'd, where'd that like, come from? Where'd that come from? Because he didn't know either. You know, <laughs> he didn't know either. And so uh, I just thought that was really like... Like the first moment that I was like, okay, I've I've loved to sing with the radio for so long, but now I want I want to start a band, you know. And, and, here it goes, and here yeah, here it goes, and so I started trying to put a band together in my little town, and nobody really played, you know. And if they played, they played, you know, more rock and roll music, and I was like, yeah, but I I love country music. I want to mm-hmm. play country music. Mm-hmm. And so I started entering these open mic night contests mm. and these whatever contests they had that had to do with singing these these Colgate Country Showdowns that they had. I was traveling to those and entering those and I just felt really accepted in whatever community it was. I got approached by this this businesswoman in Tuscaloosa, she found out about me through my dad, and she'd helped a couple of people in Nashville just move here and just get established. She was she took care of veterans. She had a couple of veterans' homes, and my dad knew her because he was a veteran. She kind of took me and was like, "Hey, look, if you'll move to Nashville, I'll, I'll help you meet some people up there." And she did. So from that point on, I moved here to this town, went downtown, and I put my money in the tip jug at Tootsie's Orchid Lounge to get up and <laughs> sing a couple. Of songs, and that was it. And from, from that point on, it's just been I was like, Man, what else? What else? Well, when there's, you're that close more.
1: to the audience, like like you are there, you see people getting into your music, that makes you feel good. It does, oh, it you're... makes you feel like you're doing the right thing. Yeah,
2: and how else will I know? unless I have the acceptance and the association with my peers that say mm-hmm. you're doing the right thing and how else are they gonna say that other than you just get up and do it and lay it out on the line they accept you and I just I've been really really blessed really fortunate yeah
1: it's a long road and a lot of people think wow man I just started hearing of you you've been doing this for what a few weeks now No, oh, <laughs> like 10 15 years yeah, I, right? <laughs> it takes a little bit to, to get here I mean it's yeah. not an easy task you know the music business has changed a lot I mean as you know because mm-hmm. uh, you're you're now down in the trenches you experience it you're touring you're getting the whole aspect of it what mm-hmm. what what is the one thing that you've experienced over the years that you've seen that possibly could say is this going in the right direction as far as today's music well the industry itself as a whole you know
2: you know i really love the idea that the music is the thing is it is the evolving art mm-hmm. and it's always changing all the time for me i just find what I found, what I really loved, and I just stuck with it. And you watch things grow, and you watch the music industry change. I can't say if it's going the right way or if it's going the wrong way. It didn't go the way that that I would have gone with mm-hmm. it, you know. But it is continuing to grow, and it's just it, it's growing so fast now. And there's just so many markets and so many platforms. And what I've learned is is that there is a place out there for everybody who has a dream to perform and entertain and and sing and write
1: songs. There's a place. Sure. It's, I mean, look at look at. You got a guy named Jelly Roll. This guy yeah. comes around and he was like in the rap world and all that yeah. stuff. Look what's happened to him. Yeah. And, I mean it's amazing. You, you go, what the heck you know, but once he lets loose it's like a, all about the music and yeah. he's killing it. Mac like, McAnally has a song called yeah. If You Hang Around
2: Long Enough. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard so many like inspirational podcasts and it's like you are guaranteed some level of success. As long as you never give up. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing, we, as you and I were talking about in the hallway earlier before we came into the studio here, I'm really, really glad that at one time I experienced the life of an artist and flying from state to state to state. And now getting to really experience a career, the actual mechanics of how everything works. And it's been a learning curve for sure, me. Yeah. Which I love to learn. I I, lo- I I like to be wrong, you know, because it gives me an opportunity to learn yeah, something. Yeah, It's been a really learning experience for sure, us, absolutely. for my wife and I, who's sitting right here. You yeah. know, she's <laughs> yeah. It's been a learning experience for both of us because we're just it's just very independent, and it's led us to being right. independent because we've been on labels, and it, I mean, it's yeah. There's been a lot taking place in between, you know, now and 22 years ago.
1: Sure. Well, and you sit back and you go, what would Conway think, or Johnny? What would they think <laughs> about what's going on? in today's world. Uh, And speaking of Conway. Yeah. Good transition. (laughs) So look, one of the songs that I saw on your YouTube channel, and folks, you got to go out and just searching Glenn Templeton, and you're going to see all these videos popping up, and you're going to see what I'm talking about here. You know, Conway was such a big part of Hendersonville and in Sumner County. Did some great things and just an incredible person. I'm sure as him, one of your influences as you were growing up, back when country was country-ish like it was. You know, and that's what uh, people really look back on. But you came up, and your voice just kind of fit his style of music. And you did a great job on it. it. Can you can you jam one out for us real quick?
2: Yeah, actually, I mean, I can. I know a lot of Conway Twitty songs. Right. I don't play all of them, but we'll I, just
1: play all just play all of them at, in
2: one. <laughs> We're you doing a medley. There's a uh, there's a song that we actually put out for Father's Day. You know, for for all the daddies out there and the daddies to be. And um, that's one that people always really respond real well to. And it's not the one that you see. On the video that you Mm -hmm. ran across. This one's called That's My Job. That's
1: My Job. All right.
0: I woke up crying late at night. I was very young. I had dreamed my father had passed away and gone. My world revolved around him, I couldn't lie there anymore. And so I made my way down the mirrored hall and tapped upon his door and I said, Daddy, I'm so afraid How will I go on With you gone that way Don't wanna cry anymore So may I stay with you And he said That's my job That's what I do Everything I do Is because of you keep you safe with me that's my job you see later we barely got along this teenage boy and he most of the fights it seemed were over different dreams that we each held for me He wanted knowledge and learning I wanted to fly out west Said I could make it out there If I just had the fare I've got half, will you loan me the rest? And I said, Daddy I'm so afraid There's no guarantee In the plans I've made And if I should fail Who will pay my way back home And he said, that's my job That's what I do Everything I do is because of you To keep you safe with me That's my job, you see Every person carves a spot And fills a hole with light And I pray someday I might Light as bright as he. I woke up early one bright fall day To spread the tragic news after all my travel, I'd settle down within a mile or two. I'd make my living with words and rhymes, and all this tragedy should go into my head and out instead as bits of poetry. But I say, Daddy, I'm so afraid. How will I go on with you gone this way? How could I come up with a song to say I love you? That's my job. That's what I do. Everything I do is because of you To keep you safe with me That's my job, you see Yes, everything I do is because of you To keep you safe with me
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Glenn Templeton right there Man, I've got chills (sighs) I I think my my chili bumps got chili bumps (laughs) You know, wow Chill bumps don't lie Well, I'm telling you And uh, you're listening (sighs) into it on the air But to be right in here Man, the power in your voice. I mean, you can crack this glass out of here. You've got some power, man. You know, I've had some people ask me before, man,
2: is there any way you could sing soft? Like, try to sing soft. <laughs> and it's never been in my wheelhouse to wow. just subtly come across. I have, I've always had to sing, like, yeah. with authority. Well, like, you know, And I feel like I have to do that in order to be able to build those notes yeah, out. Yeah, man,
1: too. you're doing it. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Let's On the other side we got some new stuff coming in. Yeah. I can't wait to hear that. So we're talking about Glenn Templeton right here, a singer-songwriter right here in the Nashville area. And we'll be back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Welcome back to Sunday morning to Summer County Spotlight. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation with uh, singer songwriter Glenn Templeton, and if you heard his song just a little bit ago, doing a Conway thing, and I, I'm just fascinated how you've become you know so close to the family. Mm. But of course, they hear that they they got to love you because mm. you wow, what a great tribute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I came back from I had. Been playing downtown at Tootsie's, you know, where we left off. I was playing downtown Tootsie's, and I played there for a couple of years and had this opportunity to go out to Arlington, Texas, and play at this place called Cowboys, ironically enough. But Chris Young had just won what what was called Nashville Star back at the time. Mm -hmm. He had just won the Nashville Star, and he was the – like he fronted the band – at this club, and they needed somebody to fill his position, so they had me fill his position. Okay, and he went on tour, and is now you know yeah, the Chris, Chris Young. Young that everybody knows. <laughs> That's right, I played that for about six months out there regularly. I stayed out there for about six months, but I started coming back and forth because I was like, man, you know, I'm really missing something. I mean, I moved to Nashville because I wanted to record and I wanted to. I mean, I love the live atmosphere, you know, going from playing, you know, a couple hundred people a night at Tootsies to playing for three, 4,000 people every Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday night. That was great. Yeah. You know, for an old boy who grew up on 12 wheels, <laughs> felt <laughs> pretty good, yeah, you know? Yeah. And um, so I was like, you know, I really need to get back into Nashville and start recording mm-hmm. some more. So I came back into town, started recording, and my transition back into Nashville full time. And I never really left. I've never really gone any, like, I've never really went away. I've just kind of been in and out of town a lot. I got back into town and started recording, and I recorded this song for everybody probably out there in your listening audience remembers Jared Neiman. and you know, back at one time he was just doing a whole lot of songwriting. And he was like, "Man, I got this song that I that I want to pitch to Jeff Bates." And it, Glenn, we know you kind of got that Conway thing. Could you could you come down and record that for us? So I went down and recorded the song for him just as a demo. And at the time, we had John Wesley Ryles, who was married to Joni, mm-hmm. came in and sang the background vocals on it. He went back to Joni and said, "Joni." You got to hear this. This young guy—he sounds so much like your dad. You just—you won't believe it. Yeah. And so, at the time, they were putting together that touring tribute show. They were like, "Let's let's see if we can cast for our Conway because we haven't found our Conway yet." So they had done auditions, like all from like Branson. They'd done them in L.A. They'd done them in New York. They'd done them here, uh, Vegas. They'd done so many auditions, and then they got here, and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to audition for this. This could be really, really good for." You know, as far as a platform, and I love Conway. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel I feel like I could really do this. So they set aside a private audition for me to come down and audition because I was out touring and getting my feet under me as far as a touring artist mm-hmm. goes. I went down, and two weeks later, they called and said, "Hey, you know what? We've had thousands try out for this thing. We think that you would be the right guy for our Conway if wow. you consider doing it." And that. the family loves you, and they look do. out because you're doing was, such a
1: great. It was, it was a wow. great
2: just a fantastic like experience for me and i was like you know i don't know if this is for me or not i think it would be good but i don't know if this is really for me because Conway was that's big shoes to feel that's (laughs) That's big shoes to feel and so the first night of like we were doing it right down here in twitty city it was our dress rehearsal Mm -hmm. the question's always up top you know in the back of your mind going you know is this really the right thing for you we didn't have all the wardrobe ready and they were like well you know what just let him try on some of dad's old clothes. Get out. Mickey at the time, it was Conway's wife, said, you know, I don't think those things are going to fit Glenn because Conway's <laughs> a bigger barrel-chested guy and uh-huh. Glenn's more slim. And they said, well, let's just try it because we, we don't have any other option at this point. And they brought out this shirt. His weight was like eight pounds of rhinestones <laughs> on this shirt. And you know he got get that jacket yeah. that you put on and you just feel makes you stand up a little bit taller? They put this thing on, and I'm going to tell you, it fell on. Like it was supposed to, and I was like, Okay. It's spooky here. I got, I got my, <laughs> yeah. There. there's a the chill bumps don't lie. <laughs> no, no, no. I got my answer. Wow. You know, and so I did that for about two wow. years, about a year and a half, two years. And that thing was just, it was really great experience. Had a great experience with the family. They were nothing but good to me and everybody else on the yeah. cast as well. well. They're great,
1: great people. For, yeah. For real. But you've, you've had this success all through all these years. What do you define success, really? I mean, every person is different, but to you, what is it? Yeah,
2: success can be defined in so many different. Some some is in things and their social status and how many followers they got on you know social media and all. But success for me has just been where I have found that, and I love peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Success for me is just having peace of mind and doing what I do and enjoying my life, but just having peace of mind with it, which is I think what everybody's in search of. Yeah. Just peace of mind.
1: you got to be right with yourself Amen to, to give that. to other people. You exactly. know what I mean? So, and you're doing exactly. that. Throughout the years you're doing here, you decided, well, I mean, you're always songwriting. You're coming up with inspirations for, for different things. You've had several songs throughout the years, and you know, you've, you've had the success with them. So introduce this new song you're getting ready to release.
2: Well, my favorite was a song that everybody nowadays has a cell phone. You know, and, you know, on, on your cell phone, when you hit the phone, you have this list of favorites. Mm-hmm. At the top of my list of favorites is, is was my wife's name. And I was like, man, what a better time to write a song. Because, I mean, it's like, she's my favorite everything, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I'm, I'm going to love, I'm going to love her. And yeah, she's smiling if, over if, here. Yeah, so I if, <laughs> you know, if, if I'm, if I'm going to, you know, argue, I'm going to argue with her, you know, that's... That's the one that I wanna do it with. Yeah. So it's my, my favorite everything. And I was like, how can I relate all the things in life that, that people love? Like just an old song that brings back memories or just being on the coast as we were talking about earlier. Like being on the coast. I mean, that's people some of the people's favorite things to do. You know, you see an old photograph, I mean that's they have their favorite photograph, and I was like, She's my favorite everything and I this is it's it's time to write a song called My Favorite. So that's the way this song came about, and I just sat down and I just started just Playing around on my guitar And the first thing you gotta do Is find a rhyme for favorite <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Which was very yeah, You yeah. know At the time Wasn't really all that easy You know I was like Well favorite A favorite, favorite, favorite. You just You start thinking about Well what are the best rhymes And you know Baby You're my favorite
1: Alright You know <laughs> Well that's better Time right now Let's uh, take a listen it. Perfect Glenn Templeton Coming at you right now With my favorite Right here Sumner County Spotlight Like
0: an old familiar song A wide open road to Rome Or a cool dip on the coast in mid-July Like a faded photograph It's taped up on the dash We're still holding strong after all this time Like a worn out pair of jeans Torn at every seam Somehow seems to always fit just right. Baby, you're my favorite taste of love and my undying craving. You're my habit forming and crush and you're the bittersweet reasons for these hurts.
1: The
0: way you press your lips to mine Show me the calm and give me signs Then wake me every morning To start the day off right Baby, you're my favorite Taste of love and my undying craving You're my habit-forming, crushing You're the bittersweet Hurt so good feelings Every moment in my life Worth replaying Oh baby You're my favorite thoughts Midnight pillow talks And emotions running wild I can't help chasing You're my favorite Taste of love my undying craving You're my habit-forming crush And you're the bittersweet reasons For these hurt-so-good feelings And every moment in my life Worth playing
2: Well, I can tell that you've done this for a long well, time. <laughs> <laughs> We're,
1: you know, we there's just music touches so many people, right? And when you get folks like yourself that are that passionate about it, you could tell every word that comes out of your mouth is you're passionate about it. And you believe in what you're doing. Right. And I think the audience senses that. People, even on your YouTubes and all the video. I say YouTubes. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> my kids get to be like, it's not YouTubes. <laughs> but, you know, you listen to those songs and you just, you have to sit and listen. You can just tell in every word you sing how much passion comes out of it. And that's where you could tell a true artist right there that you, you're that. storytelling. Because we kind of got away from storytelling as that. it was in the past. You know yeah. what I mean?
2: yeah we have gotten away i haven't heard a sad country song and i think my that my favorite sad country song is probably chiseled in stone by Vern gosden wow yeah i mean that that could be the saddest song of all time but i love it you know i mean i just love sad country songs and we just don't hear that anymore no and i, I had a friend well he was a friend but he was a songwriter friend and he was a like a legend in the songwriting community, but Earl Clark, he wrote, he wrote like "I Found Jesus on the Jailhouse Floor" for George Strait and among many others. And he said, "Glenn, if you take the sad out of country, it ain't country no more." <laughs> right. You know, that crying, loving, yeah, and leaving, yeah. all that stuff. Just it's laughable now to some people because they're like, "I'm not singing a sad," because it's all about how good things are. And you know, there's still a lot of sad things that
1: happen. You but know? people experience it. That's the yeah. thing. And, yeah. and people say, oh, I don't like country. I don't like all that country. I said, listen to the words. You, right. you're, they're telling a story in here. Right. I mean, You want to listen to it. If you grasp the words in it, you're going to relate to some point in your life any number of songs. If
2: you've lived long enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you get, wow, that song was written for me. I mean, that's, yes. I can attach to that. Yes. And I'll tell you, you know, Kenny Rogers, towards the end, did a song, Goodbye. Let me tell you. Listen to that song. Okay, if you have somebody that's passing, I okay. used that that song in a video for my wife's aunt who passed recently. Mm-hmm. and it just I mean it, it tears you up. I mean you listen to wow. you're looking at pictures of them over the years and you're putting this song to it and and how he his voice is incredible anyway. That just tells you how music impacts your life. Yeah, and so many different aspects. And isn't it
2: funny how you can listen to the eras of music, and you can tell someone's either starting out their career because they're they're starting their life right now, mm-hmm. and they're singing about beer drinking and tailgates and girls or guys, and then or the middle of their life where they're talking about how in love they are with their family, and get, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then at the end they're talking yeah. about. Well, she ran off and left me, and she took everything. <laughs> so there's all these phases that you can listen to in music, and, sure. <laughs> but they're all relative we've all lost somebody, mm-hmm. no matter how old you are. We've all lost somebody that's really close to us. If, if we can occupy space, there's been something of this been, you know, kind of tragic that's taking mm-hmm. place. Oh, yeah. You know.
1: Well, with with all the things you're doing, I know you're you're super busy, and I, I'm watching all your tour dates and things you're doing. You have something coming up here locally up here in Lebanon. Yeah. Uh, coming up, tell us about that? The
2: Lebanon show is, I'm getting to play with a lot of guys who are like some some of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Colin Ray, I mean, I used to sing a couple of Colin Ray songs downtown and Larry Gatlin. I had a song that went number one on this Positive Country chart, and this thing started with the Positive Country, the, the chart. And I found this song that kind of led me to working with the people at C- Joe and Allie Kelly over at CDX Nashville, and they were like, you know, we've got this thing going on This talks about... Our country is the positive country is based off of family and country it seemed like something
1: that was going to be really good for us to do sure i was
2: now, really excited about it
1: so this is live it's going to be a live show it's going to be a live on show. stage at the capitol theater down in lebanon yeah. everybody knows where that is sunday may the 7th can people get tickets there or i guess they, they can search it i'm, I'm yes, sure yeah just search that out and you're gonna be with john barry our buddy john yeah. barry and t graham yeah, yeah. These are all, yeah. all our buddies here, right here. Wine and water and, I mean,
2: <laughs> just, you know, darling. I mean, I just all that stuff. And I don't know what they're going to sing, but I think it's going to be more like a writer's round thing. But it's the first show that I've ever got to play, like, as a writer's round with, with guys like that. Well, with,
1: with Larry Gatlin around there, you might get a word in. Occasionally yeah. I, I'm just, I'm, you, And I'm good going. to
2: listen too. You know I mean I've been listening to them All my life That's right So yeah I'm <laughs> good to still listen
1: Wow you know? I mean that's amazing So now how would uh, Folks get a hold of you You got a website
2: Yes Glenn-Templeton.com And we're on Every social media platform You know uh, The official Glenn Templeton page uh, At Glenn Templeton Is our uh, Instagram And uh, we're, we're out there On everything uh,
1: Tick and tock tick it up. and, top, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, he's, he's got a bunch there on the YouTubes yeah on YouTube you know there's stuff <laughs> out, on out the there tubes. on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no and, and, and you can just type in the name a bunch of stuff's gonna pop up there and you got yeah. merch on there too yes we do look out we've got
2: merch on there too and you know what I'm so grateful to be in the position that I'm in to, yeah. have, to have had the, the, the career that I've had I take no credit for that because it's all about the listeners it's all about the fans who keep paying and showing up time and time and time again I have a, a, a lot of people who are re- just return every time I and mean, they see kind of the same show every time but they keep coming back more and more again and We've got new sponsors now, you know, we got Edmonds Insurance out who are helping us make records and mm-hmm. you know, do recordings and they're responsible for this last number one song. There's no way we could have done it without them, right. you know, helping us put the song out and get it promoted.
1: I know, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep love what you're doing. Hang on to this one over here. Yeah. Because she's the she boss, you know. Peep. She keeps you in line. She has a set
2: of peep, huh? She a set of peep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so hey folks, we've been talking with Glenn Templeton, a singer songwriter here in the middle Tennessee area and in Nashville. In so we we got a lot of great things. Keep doing what you're doing. Can't wait to see more of you. So thanks for coming in.
2: Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it.
1: All right. All right. Wrapping up this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. We'll be right back with more right here at Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. Here we are back at Sumner County Spotlight with Jeff Shannon, uh, continuing our conversation. We have a brand new guest in the studio, and well, we have to roll out the red carpet for this one. I gotta tell you, and when I found out this announcement happened, I was elated. I mean, I think I almost screamed at my computer when I saw it come across that I gotta bring in Dr. Scott Langford here with Sumner County Schools. He is now the new Director of Schools for Sumner County, and Scott, thank you so much for coming in.
3: Well, thank you. It's a, it's an honor to be here, and you know, I used to be one of the young fellows. Now I'm one of the older fellows. <laughs> <laughs> it creeps up on you. We have history. <laughs> That's well, right.
1: everything you've told me about your background is amazing. I mean,
3: your history in the school system goes back how many years? Well, I was practically born into the school system. My dad was head football coach at Hendersonville High School when I was born in 1972, so I went to my first Hendersonville High School football game when I was three days old. Well, good. And then I don't think I missed another one until I went to college. <laughs> wow. But you, I mean, you've been all over this county, though. You know, I had the privilege, I came back to teach in 2009, so I taught, taught at White House High School, then I went over to White House Middle as AP, then White House High School as Principal, and then I came up to the Central Office in 2018 as uh, AD of Instruction and then Chief Academic Officer. Right. So you, you've done just about everything. <laughs> Tried to. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be well-rounded, you know. Yeah, we just, you know, you when you, the first thing you realize when you move to the Central Office is the complexity of, you know, 4,500 employees and 30,000 students and, The fact uh, you know the last two years I've had the opportunity to supervise transportation and technology in addition to instruction and you realize our bus drivers every day are just rock stars they drive Mm -hmm. the equivalent of round trip to Los Angeles three times a day every day Wow 180 days a year
1: that's crazy and you see
3: you see them out there I mean they they got this thing down <laughs> yeah it's um it's you know there are certain things that are just hard to even comprehend I and, would say, and you know
1: what amazes me about that how do they get those big rigs down some of these little small roads <laughs> yeah
3: yeah I mean they're 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 truly amazing
1: and now I see why you guys you know cancel school in the wintertime if it, it, it there's a chance that we might get
3: iced those little roads are dangerous well I think you take the the little roads and youth drivers you know one of the one of the mysteries of being a high school principal is dismissal every day day because you've got a bunch of 16, 17 year olds driving and none of them look where they're going. That's right.
1: <laughs> or they want to do donuts out of there. That's right. But the the school system, you know, has advanced here in Summer County to be like one of the most prestigious school systems in the entire state. I mean, that's all I'm hearing. And everybody that comes here, you got this is the best school system around and you got to come here.
3: I, I think it's just, you know, we have such, it, it starts with our, it starts with our communities, our, our parents, our, our, you know, that our communities are very desirable to live in because we support schools in Sumner Mm -hmm. County. And, you know, we have great principals and teachers. And I think that's, you know, um, we had our uh, career technical education day last week. And when you see what, you know, Hendersonville high school where they've built a prosthetic hand for a classmate to the uh, aviation program at Liberty Creek to the criminal justice programs at Gallatin uh, you know, you can go to each of our high schools and they're all doing amazing uh, work that are really connecting Uh, kids into what they want to do in the future we purchased these anatomage tables last year and they're uh like a it's not quite a hologram but it's close okay and they're using them in medical schools around the country and basically you can dissect cadavers you can do everything but it's virtual so this summer we're going to have our first anatomy and physiology camp at beach high school where they're going to do uh all kinds of different dissections and work for kids that are interested in the medical field. So well, it's that's just a amazing. far
1: cry from uh, dissecting frogs. <laughs> I
3: know. Yeah, yeah. Frogs, sharks, owl pellets. Uh, yeah, we've we've
1: moved on. 1873. Wow. I mean, that's I mean, that's a lot of history. And uh, imagine what schools were like back then. Back there in the cabin, you have to walk four miles. That's
3: that's where our grandparents say, hey, yeah. "Had
1: to walk forty miles and you know
3: yeah. bare feet." <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, my grandfather graduated from the O'Cana School that's on Long Hollow Pike. Right. And it was in eight, uh, he graduated eighth grade. He claimed he stopped about sixth grade, but uh, yeah, I recently found his diploma. <laughs> so we used to have a whole bunch of those little schools all over the county. Man, that's incredible. I
1: mean, right now, let's see if this, these numbers are correct. You have 52 schools in, in operation one middle college high school. Now, what what does that mean?
3: We actually have two middle colleges. We have a okay. middle college program with uh, Volunteer State Community College. Okay. So students go there and they take traditional community college classes and they actually, if they choose to, they actually complete their associate's degree before they graduate from high school. That's, is that called dual enrollment? Yes. Okay, it, it, okay. Well, dual enrollment is actually in the schools. It's okay. a variation of it. They're actually okay. uh, they go to actual classes at Val State with college students, and then we have a middle college technical. It's a partnership with TCAT Portland, and so that's uh, kids can get uh, either an associate's degree or licensure in advanced manufacturing, welding, cosmetology, uh, all that, and most of them complete that before they complete their high school diploma.
1: Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive there. Well, when you
3: no. think like, you know, the need for HVAC techs and construction uh, workers and welders, I mean, these kids coming out with welding certification are walking into $30, 35 an hour jobs with mm-hmm. benefits at yeah. 18 years old. Well, you know, they, that Tennessee of, of
1: applied technology mm-hmm. I guess up towards mm-hmm. Portland. I was talking to our good friend up there and he, man, what a great program that is where these people can just walk right. So some people yeah. might... Not want to
3: go to college, you yeah, know what I'm saying? But yeah. what they learn a trade and come out and start working immediately. So, so the kids that our partnership is with that TCAT in Portland, okay. and so these kids some some go their junior and senior year, some their senior year. If they go just their senior year, then they have about usually. 5 or 6 months to finish after graduation. Okay. But they can they can really I mean you could be 19 years old and and be ready for your career and it's uh, we have uh, about 32 33 students enrolled in that program and about 70 72 in the Middle College of All State program. That's yes. wow, that's amazing. I don't think that was around when we did it. We just had used to have shop <laughs> class, you know. Right, right. Yeah, we welded
1: a bunch of stuff together. That's yes. what we did. <laughs> But what is a virtual high school?
3: So we don't have the tradition, like uh, some districts have gone to a completely virtual program. We had that for a little bit during COVID. Mm -hmm. What we have is uh, EB Wilson is a school that's non-traditional in the sense that kids don't have to be there from eight to three. It allows us to work around a lot of student needs. Sometimes it's for anxiety. Sometimes it's a, a kid got behind in a traditional okay. school and they need to catch up. And some kids, they just want to move faster. And so this is – delivery is virtual or online. They come into class a couple days a week, and then they also work at home some too. Okay. So it's kind of a non-traditional setting, but it really meets the needs of about 100, 150 of our kids a year. So would
1: they have the same teacher that they would if they were in person?
3: No, they have – we have uh, four teachers at that at that location, okay. but then most of the instruction is delivered online yeah. through a program. Uh, it's called Imagine Learn. Learning, but it covers the high school, you know, there's a whole lot of different high school courses, but it allows us to provide the a high quality education for kids that want an alternative
1: path. And you can see the, the grading options there. There's somebody that looks at that and, right. you know, and they right. can right. probably tell of, if they.
3: It's more of a hybrid than a virtual because right. the teachers are there to help support, but a lot of the instruction is delivered online. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's a great idea right there. I've always wondered what a
1: magnet school is. And I'm sure there's folks out there listening right now, they've heard it mm-hmm. and say, okay, kind of
3: know what it is, but what, what, how did that term come about? Um, I think you know. I think uh, the idea of magnet originally was to draw kids from across your county or district. Uh, mm-hmm. Different counties do it different ways. You know, Metro has uh, themed magnet schools, and they spread those out around their district. We have one magnet school, Merrill Hyde Magnet School, mm-hmm. and it's one of the top schools in the nation. Yes, I've and heard <laughs> it, it's it's a classical academy approach. So they do peda seminars. They do a lot of real in depth reading and thinking. They have a lot of advanced coursework. And you know, if you look at their, uh, I believe their average ACT score is about 30, 31. and <laughs> You know they're sending kids to every program in the country. It's yeah. a very successful program. Yeah. yeah, wow. Darren Frank, the principal there, does an amazing job yeah. leading that school.
1: Well, we we do have some great principals, mm-hmm. and here recently, Mister Kata, he got <laughs> what principal of the year. He, he right? did that. I mean, he's a great guy. Look, he's mm-hmm. he, he is so busy, and he is so supportive yeah. of the community. Does the great things the school does for the community, and and he's a great help, so he well-deserved.
3: Yeah, and I yeah. think, you know, I mentioned earlier the kids that had built the prosthetic hand for their classmate. That started out of a challenge in a classroom at Hendersonville High School. A teacher said, you've got a classmate that has this need, what can you do? And they 3D printed a hand for him. And they've been <laughs> nationally recognized and internationally recognized, but I, you know, the thing that I keep coming back to is we've got leadership in a school community that mm-hmm. says not only are we going to push our kids to do amazingly great things, but we're also going to teach them connection to the local community. And Bob, Mr. Cotter, really does that well. Yes, he does. You know, if, you, if you go to a United Way benefit, Hendersonville High School always leads the way uh, in giving back to the county. Mr. Cotter sets that tone, but you, you see that in everything that they do at Hendersonville High School, from sports to fine mm-hmm. arts to uh, their academic programs.
1: Right. Our big school just went up, Liberty Creek High School, and that complex out there, you know, you got Philip Holt, tackling that i mean that that was he had to be like what (laughs) and he walked into that it's like wow this could be a lot of
3: work (laughs) yeah philip was in my office last year and i I, you can never be fully prepared for what opening a new school is Mm -hmm. but he's he's really done a great job and uh you know that's a it's an amazing campus i actually grew up about a half mile from that campus and it was all farmland so Mm -hmm. you know when i think about how much my grandfather and my family valued education and they had to you know they had to commute back and forth to gallatin high school from at that point, the country, you know, gravel roads That's, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they would be thrilled to have a school and a top-flight school in, the, in that
1: community. So I remember when I took my son, he was, you know, starting, of course, th- this year just opened. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's going as, as a sophomore, coming from mm-hmm. station camp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's you come from there, and we pulled up to this thing, and he says, whoa, whoa. Yeah. He said, it looks like a college. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. very impressive when you walk yeah. in there.
3: I, I grew up, I attended, I graduated from White House High School and I was principal there. And we had to work hard over the years to build everything that we had mm-hmm. uh, because the county in those years wasn't positioned when we built schools. Like I, I can remember my, my dad opened Beach High School in 1980 and they had no athletic fields. Uh, they built all of them. Like the Oak Ridge Boys did a fundraiser for mm-hmm. us in 1981 at, for fanfare to help build the football stadium. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're we're in a position now, just real shout-out to Dr. Phillips and the work that he did mm-hmm. strategically and financially, where this is a different day and age for Sumner County, and we really have to set the bar high for this is what our expectations are for our kids. And the good thing about setting the bar that high with Liberty Creek is that it said, let us come along now and let's boost all the other schools up to that level sure, so that we can do the very best we can for all
1: And I think the great thing that you all did— you forecasted what needed to be done cuz a lot of people think well you just put this liberty creek up no that that was in the making way before this thing even right. came you know together but so it's great forecasting that you see that and you see how the county's growing so
3: yeah and it's um you know we started idea for the project before 2015 but i think it came to the county commission for the first time in 2015 mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of work. I mean, interestingly, the, one of the most difficult tasks was getting the red light at the end of Long Hollow oh. and Upper Station Camp. That took about Good three move. years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good move on that one, especially yeah. when those kids come flying right. out of there, you right. know. But yeah, that when that when that came up about, yeah, that was that was a great move. And I think a lot of people were were questioning too. Now, are they going to widen Upper Station? Mm-hmm. You'd think
3: at some point that would be, have to be a thing. Yeah, the traffic engineer said that, you know, really what you needed right now was a turning lane. Obviously, eventually there'll be enough growth in mm-hmm. Upper Station Camp that mm-hmm. it'll it'll warrant widening. But it, widening a little bit right there at the campus and the red light, the red light at the end of Long Hollow was much needed. Uh, it's, yeah. It was needed well before Liberty Creek with, oh, yeah. uh, you know, people coming out of Creekside. But then when you have Creekside and Carrollton right there, mm-hmm. and then— be able to manage that uh, you know it's it's really gone it's really gone pretty well um Mm -hmm. you know you're always going to hit a little bit of traffic around start time oh yeah, yeah but for most of the day it works pretty well right so, since
1: we're talking about Liberty, what is the the timeline as, as we're building in the back? We got the middle school and the elementary school, and yeah. yeah. So
3: the, the the elementary school and the high school are completed. Okay. And we will have a Mr. Brown who was the main property holder there. When he passed away, he left eight point three million dollars to Sumner County Schools. It's in a trust and it provides technology okay. for kids each year. But another part of his will was to build a park on the Liberty Creek campus. So we're in kind of the final stages. He left five hundred thousand dollars for it. We got a grant from the state for five hundred thousand. So that will be opening. It's a I can't remember the exact acreage. I want to say about 60, 70 acre park wow. on the Liberty Creek campus. So that will be completed over the next couple of years. Liberty Creek Middle will open in the August of 2024. Oh. And then we're also gonna open we're gonna open an intermediate school next to White House Middle School in White House. So okay. HB Williams will go to a K two school and the new school will be grades three through five and then that yeah. will feed the middle school across the street. It's so a lot of work and a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. But you got a great staff. Yeah. Oh, we absolutely do. And
1: a lot of these folks have been with you for a while.
3: Yes. yes, So they
1: understand what's happening. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think we've got, you know, when I look out across our, I was at a principal's meeting a few weeks ago, and I look out and I think about just the tremendous leaders, you know, in in an age where we're concerned about safety and wanting the very best for our kids. Every time I'm at a principal's meeting and I look at our group of principals and leaders, I think like we're, we're so blessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every one of our principals just pours their heart into their school and loves the kids as their own and would do anything to help them. Yeah.
1: Well, we're talking to Dr. Scott Langford, the new director of schools here in Sumner County, and I am just so excited to have you in here. Uh, we're going to take just a quick break, and we'll come back. we got a lot more to talk about right here on Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Sumner County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. Welcome back to this Sunday morning with Sumner County Spotlight. We're gonna continue our conversation with Dr. Scott Langford here, director of schools for Sumner County. Brand new at this, not really brand new in the whole system. Uh, and you're one of the reasons why it's so great. Well, I truly uh, believe that because you you have done some great things here.
3: Well, we've just got we've got great people, and you know, let me give a shout out to Dr. Phillips because you know I can tell you when he came in 2011, we had a lot of people that had worked hard for many years, but we never had the resources to be able to dream big, and uh, he's been able to help us move that way. And you know, I think having grown up here and seen all the educators that came before, from mm-hmm. Mr. Bills and Mr. Hyde and all the others that came before. You know they had to they had to fight to keep the buses on the road and paper and basics. Uh, we've had the privilege over the last you know eight to ten years to really grow and and vision and do work and also see just the brilliant administrators and teachers that we have really take off. But um, I really think we've laid a solid foundation. We're about to we're just starting to scratch the surface on yep. what's yeah, next. Absolutely. Um, so my main question to you are you going to grow a Dr. Dell beard? Uh, you know what (laughs) if i tried to grow a beard for eight years i couldn't i couldn't grow one of those Um, i'm right there with you they said oh
1: i can't grow a mustache it just looks like i got dirt on my face that's right "Eh, never mind okay yeah i I, I tried it once it didn't work out now we're talking about this school buses are Mm -hmm. we still having a driver
3: shortage i think we will always have a driver shortage Uh, i will say you know we we made a significant increase in bus driver pay last year Mm -hmm. and so we've added i think about 25 26 more drivers so we're way better shaped than we were last year. We're still short, so anyone that's interested, uh, we 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 would love to have you. It's really a great team to work with, mm-hmm. and uh, the the hours are pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, but it, and it's you know it's one of the most important jobs we have. Uh, mm-hmm. You know I'm amazed. A couple of years ago when we were doing our summer programming, uh, the bus driver that was uh, driving in and out of Benny Bill's Elementary in Galton, he got his his kids that were going to summer programming, he got them all shirts, and they had a song. Oh, uh, wow. Well. Our, our bus drivers go way beyond. Yeah. You know what was what, expected. Yeah. I mean. I mean, they do make an impression on these kids, you know. They really do. Now when they
1: get older, eh, you get there, you <laughs> you yeah, yeah. got a different situation going on. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. With the state of mm-hmm. the Sumner County schools at this point, what what are we looking like here for the future? And what do you want to you reveal?
3: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we're about a three four weeks shy of revealing budgets. So there'll be more to come. Okay. All but, right. Because uh, yeah. we got to make sure we can pay for it before we <laughs> unveil it. Right. But, uh, but, you know, I think, A lot of it is continuing what we're doing, but I tell you what's really exciting is just our schools have laid such a solid foundation in our career technical paths. And I I want to be clear, you know, because a lot of times I think when I was growing up, we had a clear kind of an academic or technical vocational path. And we tried to divide students up into those paths. What you're seeing now, like, for instance, my daughter's a sophomore in college now. You know, she did all the advanced placement classes, but then she also uh, had the opportunity to take marketing classes. She did, uh, she took a health science class. She did a lot of fine arts. So she had room to explore to find out where her interests were. And so when we're talking career technical, we're not just talking about a vocational career, although those are very valued and important. Uh, we're talking about kids finding the exact calling for their life, and mm-hmm. so one of the things we're adding career coaches at each of our high schools next year. Nice. And okay. And the career coach's job will be to work with the middle school to connect into the career technical path, whether that's uh, health sciences or you know aviation or criminal justice or you know we have 31 different career paths in Sumner County Schools right now, mm-hmm. but helping them from an early age begin to develop what their interests are, and to help parents. Because obviously when you make that 8th grade to ninth grade jump, that's a big transition Mm -hmm. and a lot of questions for parents, and we want to provide the maximum amount of support. But then also I I think where you'll start to see the biggest change is I believe junior-senior year, our goal, say, in five years, is to see our kids get out of the building a lot more junior-senior year and get out and get to job shadow. Uh, Go follow someone, do some internships Mm -hmm. and externships, and to see exactly what they want to do. Because a lot of times, you know, you get into – Freshman, sophomore, junior year of college, or uh, career trade school, and you may discover that that's not exactly what you want right, to do. Yeah. So, you know, I think we can, I think it also makes for a richer community experience to get kids mm-hmm. engaged in their community. Because I think one of the real blessings of Sumner County is our employers and our businesses and nonprofits and everything, they're not just here to make profit, they're deeply vested in our community. And yeah. I think that uh, getting our kids involved in that, I think you'll see, you know, one of the ways for us to address teacher shortage is to get our kids named Teaching as a career for them, and have them go down to the elementary school and tutor and provide support for kids. And I'm thinking, you know, the uh, if you want to see elementary teachers cry, it's when seniors come back to their <laughs> elementary school. And if we had those kids come back, it would mean a lot to those kids. You know, yeah. if you're at a if you're at Walton Ferry Elementary School and you see a kid from Hendersonville High School come over, then you've got a connection, and we're building that kind of a community. That and want.
1: you do have some teachers that have been teaching for a long, long time, and. Coming back, like they might go back to the teacher they started with. Oh, it's absolutely! Like, oh, I mean, what?
3: I mean, that what a bond that is. Yeah, the, the most remarkable uh, <laughs> one we have is uh, Westmoreland High School's librarian has been at the school I think for fifty-eight years. Wow! Uh, she was she. If you get her telling stories, like I want to say that like her first year of teaching was in uh, either nineteen sixty-three or nineteen sixty-eight, and the stories. And the lives, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's four or five generations of Westmoreland kids that have had contact with her. But, yeah, to build that continuity. So, But I think of pushing our kids to explore all the options that are out there so they make informed decisions about what, what they want to do with their life. Not that, I mean, also, and I think the other thing that we've got to prepare kids for, and I don't know, there's not an answer for this yet. You know, I think back, like cutting edge technology when I was in seventh grade was a Commodore 64 and a calculator watch. (laughs) Uh, You know, we're going to prepare kids (laughs) for careers that don't even exist yet. You know, I saw at a job posting the other day uh, $350,000 a year to write AI prompts. Artificial intelligence <laughs> yeah, and automation yeah. is going to dramatically change everything that mm-hmm. we do. Did you see Elon Musk did a shout out, say we, we got to stop this AI. They're, yeah. they're going to take yeah. over the world. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you, like I, I've played around a little bit with ChatGPT. Yeah. It's remarkable. What uh, that's what be. I hear. And, yeah. and, you know, and I think the thing is, is like, you know, some school districts are trying to just ban it. You, you're not going to ban technology. It's, mm-hmm. it's here to stay. The question is, is how do we utilize it? How do we harness it? But then also how do we make sure it stays human? Right. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be back in uh, those uh, old 1980s uh, sci-fi stories <laughs> right. of war games and things like that. But I, you know, but I think really part of our job is going to be to keep the human component of of education very present, so kids are prepared mm-hmm. to use the tools that are available to create brand new industries.
1: absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that I've always said in education, why don't they teach jobs or things you're going to use in the real world? Mm -hmm. I mean, you do math and English and things like that, but put it in real world context and put it into effect and show them how this is going to work. If you're going to go and you know own a business, you're going to be an entrepreneur, what's marketing? Yeah. How do you sell? How do you do a profit and loss? How do you do any of those things? Yeah. Any of
3: those. Well, and I think that's exciting. You know, the governor in his budget last year put a million dollars for each high school, 500000 dollars for each middle school. Mm -hmm. So we have $14.5 million in summary. County, the career coaches are coming out of that, but then also, each of our schools, based on their tracks, are going to do amazing things. Like White House High School has uh, transportation; they are they're switching to electric cars. Like they have a, they just received it last week. They've got a Nissan Leaf, and the kids are going to learn because. Otherwise, they were going to be limited in their career scope and how far they could go because mm-hmm. most engines, you know, we in the next That's, 10, 15 years are going to shift. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've got, to go back to your marketing example, I think two of our schools are going to convert classrooms to look like a current office looks like to promote teamwork, okay. collaboration, mm-hmm. te- use of technology. It's exciting.
1: No, I, I just think if they get experience that real world thing and how how do I use, now I, I'm still trying to figure out how are we going to use calculus and <laughs> You know, you know, some of those things. Some of those things teach character. Yes, yeah, <laughs> You know, you're doing great things over there. Uh, so what are some of the new things that, that mm-hmm. are coming in the future that you can reveal?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, this is so tempting because there's yeah, some I know. big things that I want to share. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, we're going to continue to expand. I don't know if it's so much programmatic as it is because I think what we see now is we've got a lot of great pieces in place. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like our... Our AP and dual enrollment curriculum, Uh, you know, we routinely talk to parents whose kids are graduating a year early from college because of the work they did in high school. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. We've got phenomenal career technical education and STEM programs. I I think the question is, is how do we tie all those things together so that when a kid graduates from Sumner County schools, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about Merrill Hyde being a classical academy Mm -hmm. approach. I I think we want to see some similar type things in all of our schools. You know, we're not just going to create people that are great at coding, or great at calculus how do we create people that are good human beings that you know see their value is we want to create something of value for sumner county we want to raise our kids here but then we also want to contribute to the future yeah well oh,
1: that's very important And I think a lot of these kids, I
3: mean, and you know,
1: they come from not too good of environment. Mm -hmm. So they come into the school system and have all this positive feedback for them Mm -hmm. to to help them kind of grow out of that and not go back into the
3: circle Mm -hmm. that they've been going through. So Mm -hmm. there is hope and 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 you can get out. And I think what's really exciting about Sumner County is I can remember like I transferred from from T.W. Hunter to White House High School in school. And I was one of about four kids in my graduating class that had come from somewhere besides White House. To this day, I'm still kind of the new kid. But, you know, the incredible movement to Sumner County from around the country, you know, we had last year, we had over 1,100 kids come from other districts in Tennessee and other states. So what I think is really amazing right now is to see literally people coming from all over the world to Sumner County and how Mm -hmm. quickly everybody acclimates and assimilates into being a part of Sumner County and sees it as their, yeah. sees it as their home. And I think that really speaks volumes to our school communities. Oh, absolutely.
1: And with all of the, the great systems in place and, uh, and I'm sure you all do constant training and mm-hmm. in light of the recent events that have happened really around the country, mm-hmm. what has Sumner County got in place for protection?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, probably the most important, the most important piece that we have right now is we have a, an SRO in every school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're thrilled that the legislature added money to provide every school in the state an SRO. That's that's an amazing move mm-hmm. by the legislature. That's the number one thing. We constantly, you know, we've invested heavily over the last couple of years in capital projects to harden entrances, uh, to – Put state of the art technology to background check and screen. Our, we have a, a team of crisis social workers and other groups that work to try to prevent anything from moving to that level. Mm-hmm. And I think the good thing is, is you know, I think in Sumner County we still have a deep commitment in our community that we're all working together to raise our kids, and we have great community involvement where people are looking out for each other. You know, we're in the midst right now having a, a lot of uh, discussions about what the next step, like what can we add. Every day we ask the question, what yeah. can we do to make our schools safer right. for our kids? At the time we don't want our our schools to become prison compounds. Right. You know the easiest exactly. thing would be to fence them all in and you know buzz people in at the gate. Yeah. That, you know, but we want our schools are a big part of our communities and we want to maintain that while providing, you know, the utmost of safety for our kids.
1: Well and I think it's the great relationship and collaboration with EMS. You know, our our police chief, our fire chiefs are outstanding.
3: And if if you get around our our police chiefs, our sheriff, Sheriff Weatherford Mm -hmm. is amazing. Our police chiefs, our first responders, they're wonderful. Let me give a shout out to Katie Brown on our side. Katie does a tremendous job of working in that environment for us to be uh, you know, connected in in ways we've never been connected before. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, Ken Widener, our EMS chief at mm-hmm. the county level, and each of our fire departments, uh, all of our first responders and police departments in Sumner County all work yeah. together really well.
1: You know, I think with how we're designed and spread out, you get fast response times. Right. And I know that they they pride themselves you know mm-hmm. on fast response and chief bush i mean he he's got that down i mean he, oh, yeah. they work on that all the time yes and you know especially in situations like you have and you guys do drills mm-hmm. i know recently you just had at, i think i don't know maybe at liberty i'm not sure mm-hmm. which one where they had an active shooter training right. response so it, mm-hmm. which is great to have yeah
3: yes yeah, sadly you you know you have to you have to train your plan to be able to carry it out effectively and you know we also we audit every school campus every year actually katie brown and her team are in the midst of doing that now you okay. know, the, the principal and his or her team walk the entire campus. They look at every facet with uh, law enforcement and first responders, and they identify, you know, here's 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 what here's what's working well. Here's where we need to change and improve, and uh, here's some new things that are available. Because, you know, the good thing with technology is it's always evolving and giving us new tools to, yeah. to make our kids safer.
1: In regards to that, and just real quick, we'll close with mm-hmm. this, but I think, you know, with the opioid crisis that we have, there's a, a big issue with that with schools with you know whether the athletics where they get hooked on these things because mm-hmm. of pain medication mm-hmm. and things like that and i think our school system and our coaches are really on the front line to discover that mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. can be intercede real fast and, and something like that happen because they see their personalities change yeah. all the time and i know uh, one of the doctors i just talked to down at vanderbilt has created a program for educators mm-hmm. which i think is incredible right. And it's right. all throughout the entire state.
3: Yeah, so, you know, we have Narcan in each of our schools now. Yes. Just uh, because, you know, not so much even with students, although it could be students, but we have a lot of parents in and out of our buildings for athletic competitions, mm-hmm. fine arts programs, and it's at some point, we're going to have somebody that has an emergency because of the exactly. profound opioid addiction in sure. the country. But, yeah, I think those fir- that first-line response with our coaches, uh, one of the positives that we have is we have our own athletic trainer at each high school. And so they work. Uh, they're the rock stars of every campus. Every right. parent loves them that works with them. but they. Also also are watching for that, that opioid addiction as well.
1: Well, I think folks, you can see right now, this is why this school system is the best in the world. <laughs> I said I threw in the world now. That's right. So, I you, that. yeah, and I believe it. I mean, this is incredible, and the kids are coming away with just an incredible education. And I think now that you're in charge and the leadership, you're going to continue this uh, this great advances you're doing and the, the increasing. The reputation of Sumner County Schools. So keep it up and doing a great job. Thank you so
3: much. I appreciate it. All
1: right, that's wrapping up our time here at Sumner County Spotlight. Join us next week for more right here of Sumner County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon saying so long. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.